0: Welcome to Day Beautiful. I'm Adam Vitcavige, and this is a podcast where you can discover debut authors through in-depth interviews. If you like what you hear here, check out daybeautiful.net for more author interviews and book recommendations. You can also follow Day Beautiful on all social media at Day Beautiful. That's Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Today's guest is from New York and has lived in Jamaica and does much of her writing currently in Italy. She's a former news and communication professional and has published award-winning short stories in various anthologies and magazines. Her debut novel is called Black Cake. Her name is Charmaine Wilkerson. Charmaine, thank you so much for doing this. You're currently in Italy. I'm in Denver, so we have quite the time difference. It's uh, evening there.
1: (laughs) It's actually evening. That's right. It's great to to be here, Adam. Mm. Thanks for inviting me.
0: Of course. um, we'll, We'll probably... Get to your move from your. It says you're originally from New York, and now you're based in Italy. And I'm I am curious about that as someone who would love to live in Europe. Um, but first, I want to ask, what is Black Cake about? Your debut novel, Black Cake, it's out by the time this podcast is up. But tell readers, you know, what Black Cake is all about.
1: Well, it's a multi generational story, so it goes back and forth between the past and the present. But in a nutshell, it's about this brother and sister, Byron and Benny who discover that their mother has a hidden past, and it all starts when their mother dies. And they must set aside their differences because they've been estranged from one another to deal with their mother's death, but also figure out why she has left them this really puzzling inheritance, a small black cake sitting in her freezer And it's just the first clue to what is about to come. She's Mm. left them this long voice recording in which she shares a series of shocking revelations. And what she has to tell them will also have an influence on how they go forward in their lives. Not only how they see their mother now that they've learned more about her, but how they see themselves and, and how they're going to live.
0: And your book, did Beautiful Things with Time, and, and like I said, uh, before we were recording Craft, where it just really excites me. I want to start with just you as a writer um, before we dive into Black Cake. Um, so that was a little sample of what Black Cake was all about. But you, you have had a long career as a, as a writer. You, you, you wrote nonfiction. You were a journalist for a while. Is that correct?
1: That's correct. I started out in television journalism in the United States and worked in Connecticut and California. Um, And then moved into communications, the kind of work in which you help other people to communicate. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. you know, media relations or working on donor reports for UN clients, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And it's all been very interesting. But, you know, Adam, it's completely different from what I do in terms of fiction.
0: Yeah. And I'm so curious about that Before we get to the change, what made you decide to do television journalism? Get into communications? Were you always? Were you writing as a child? Was that something that just interested you?
1: Well, as a, I was one of those little girls who just loved books, would swipe books from my parents that probably were way above my level. And I'd read those and frighten myself with things like Edgar Allan Poe mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. at seven. But the point is that uh, like a lot of people who love to read books, I also would have story ideas. But, you know, as I reached university, I sort of you know, I wanted to write, but I really had to look at a more practical way of going forward in the world. Mm -hmm. And uh, journalism seemed like a wonderful way to sort of tell the story of one's community and get to know people. And I've certainly heard a lot of stories from people. Um, You know, I've never written the story of anyone I've interviewed in fiction, but there's no doubt that the things that I've seen and the things that people have told me uh, have come to influence my way of looking at fictional characters
0: mm. yeah and and then, as your career progressed, when did you decide i'm going to write a novel Was it, was it natural? Did it take years? How did Black Cake unfold
1: well i had al- I had always been aware that a part of me needed to write. Fiction. Mm. And so I kept trying. I kept saying, Oh, and then when I move to Italy, I'll do this for a living and then I'll write. And then when I do this, and I kept, you know, life happens to you. And I kept not finding quite the right combination, but I had this desire to write fictional stories, which were very different from what I was writing. Mm. Um, and I just got to the point where I thought, I have to do this. So several years ago, I I sort of backed off a little bit of my day jobbing. So I did a little less day jobbing and a little more writing of fiction. Mm -hmm. And it's not that I decided to write a novel. It's that I have ideas and Mm -hmm. I write. And I'm never really sure if what I write is going to be a short story or a longer story. So I wrote one novel, which never saw the light of day. (laughs) Don't ask. (laughs) But the point is, I was writing and I had a story idea and I wrote a thing that was a book-length novel. In the meantime, I was writing these small scenes and um, sent a couple of stories into competitions and started publishing a couple of short stories. This particular novel, Black Cake, really only began a few years ago when I had a couple of scenes, again, that I thought were short stories, but then I realized that they were growing and they were sending out tentacles towards one another. So I had these teenage girls in the 1960s in the Caribbean who were strong swimmers and obsessed with the sea. And because of their inordinate strength as young people and their obsession, their lives would change. And then I had these other stories of these people in the recent past and at a certain point realized that I was sort of writing about a multi-generational family. At that point, I made a conscious decision to write a novel and the black cake hadn't even gotten in there yet. Mm. And then the black cake walked into the story and sort of became a symbol of a number of different things.
0: Yeah, that makes sense that you, these started as scenes. Um, I'm obsessed with novels that have like half page chapters or half page scenes and you, and you do that. Was Were those built from the beginning that you knew, you know, I don't have to write a 5,000 word chapter. I could just write a paragraph and then move on. Is that something you just was always part of the book?
1: It's something that was <laughs> always part of me for sure. Mm-hmm. And yes, part of the book. In fact, um, in the revision process, in order to sort of keep control and it's interesting, you know, you write um, and then you have to stop and look at the form that you've mm. written and think, OK, how do I communicate with the reader if I really want someone else to read this? And I did see that there were, there were um, stories that sort of needed to be joined together. But essentially, I write in short scenes, and I continue to write in short scenes. I have files that are things like the Adam files, and these will be (laughs) little scenes from Adam's life, you know? Mm -hmm. And it might be that I put one or two scenes together to create a longer chapter, or it might be that there is a moment of you, Adam, sitting at the microphone, you know, Um, you know, daydreaming about something, and that's a paragraph, and that ends up being a chapter. Mm. It's very much part of the way in which I uh, think in terms of fiction writing. And what I love about fiction and contemporary fiction is that people who write have an opportunity to use their language and their life views to you know, to write stories, but write them a little differently if they wish.
0: Yeah. And, and, and going back to something you said earlier, because I, I want to make sure I don't lose it. Once you knew you had, you know, the characters who eventually became Byron and Benny and then the recent past Eleanor, did you plot, did you just let it happen naturally? How did they actually come together? Because you mentioned black cake, the black cake wasn't there at the beginning. How did it all kind of mesh together?
1: So I just had scenes and I Mm -hmm. keep scenes. I do a lot of writing directly into the computer because I'm a touch typist, so Mm -hmm. it's easy. And I just keep scenes in folders, you know, on on my laptop and maybe I scribble things. But at a certain point when I thought, ah, yeah, so this is a story about this woman and she has this whole secret and this is what happened to her. um, And that's the mother in Mm -hmm. the story. um, I began to say, okay, what is what is, let's take a look. There's Byron, there's Benny, there's there's their mother, Eleanor. And I began to look at what I'd already written. I would do things like look carefully at the years and the ages, Mm. look carefully at the connections between the characters. And the cake came in as a natural feature because the mother in the story is someone who comes from the Caribbean, although her children are Californians. But the cake itself is actually something that came from it was inspired by real life detail. So mm-hmm. even though black cake is not autobiographical, um, the black cake is in the sense that my mother, who um, was born and raised in Jamaica, in the Caribbean, made a legendary rum pudding or black cake. Mm-hmm. And a younger member of my family wrote to me asking for her recipe, but this was several years ago. And I I was surprised. I thought, ah, I'm surprised that he would think of it. I'm surprised that he would care. Mm -hmm. And I began to think about that. And I had jotted something down in my journal about the ways in which we use food and other cultural markers to uh, form our identities, to inherit family um, Uh, identities to to form an image of our cultures, you could Mm. say national or ethnic. And I I thought about how that plays out in a family like mine, where mm, probably no two people have had quite the same upbringing or even look alike. Mm. And so I had written down these thoughts and that stayed with me, but I did not set out to write a story about those issues or about cake or about black cake. It's that as I was writing and really taking a look at the story, the cake just sort of walked in and became a little character and a symbol of a number of things from family togetherness to the sort of hidden stories of our past because the black cake itself has has an interesting cultural past Um, and At some point, I did do mind mapping. I don't know if you use that phrase. What I call mind mapping is I literally have a piece of paper and I'm doodling and I'll write, well, Eleanor, and then, you know, what happened to her in the past? And then what about Byron and then his relationship with this woman and then Benny? So I would do that. And eventually I had a very rough synopsis, but I am very much a person, Adam, who writes to explore and who learns about characters as if I were going out on a story as a journalist and learning more. I think I know who you are, Mm -hmm. and then you tell me your story. Um, So that is very much my writing process. And yes, you do have to sit down and write stuff at some point and do double-checking of years and do some research. And that's how I eventually formed Black Cake the Novel.
0: You mentioned how journalism has influenced or impacted how you write, um, and I, that was going to be my next question. As someone who does spend, you know, the, your your day jobbing in journalism or communications, I mean, at different points in your career, how is writing a novel different or the same? Like, does your is it easy for your brain to go from I'm going to work with clients and figure out communication to doing your fiction?
1: I did find that at a certain point, it was a bit much to be spending hours reading, especially technical materials Mm -hmm. and writing for specific demands. Why? Because when I personally write fiction, you know, it's I'm just off. You know, I I just wander off into the logic of my imagination. Mm -hmm. That's how I create. Other people will plot more carefully or do their research first. So when I'm writing of journalism or for someone else, I am still writing to some kind of specifics or still writing um, within certain parameters. Maybe, uh, you know, when I worked in television journalism, I had a certain amount of time. I knew I had to be a certain place. I couldn't corroborate some supposed bit of information, so I couldn't include it, or I had to qualify what I said. Um, In communication for clients, I will say, Yeah, what do you need? Is it a press release? Is it a brochure? And how much time do you have? And how much money do we have, etc. When it's fiction, I really just allow myself to wander. And it was a challenge for me at a certain point. I really did need to reduce that day jobbing, as I mentioned, to free up my mind. Now, had I had another job, it might have been fine. But I found that it was all computer time and screen time and people's Mm -hmm. requirements. And yeah, you do sort of get stuck in that thing. So, in order to release the brain, I found that I had to separate the two kinds of writing. That said, though, I wrote all of a Black Cake while day shopping. Mm-hmm. But what I would do is, I get up. I'd get up really early in the morning. Maybe I'd take a walk, and I'd only focus on fiction writing. I'd only do that, and I try not to look at the phone. Uh, Look at social media. Even watch Mm -hmm. the news. Even read the news reports. I'd ignore that for a couple of hours, and uh, then I'd put that away and I'd move on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. I did find that I needed to, you know, separate the two.
0: Yeah, that makes total sense. For a long time, um, you know, I work at Tattered Cover bookstore in Denver. I'm like I'm behind the scenes, but for a long time, I did social work. I worked for the government and um but i was still writing freelance for like electric literature i started day beautiful and they were two completely separate things i would wake up earlier my lunch hour would be i'm leaving my office and i'm going back home to record a podcast or something um yeah i think those were two separate brains almost like two i had two lives for a long time and um it was fun but it was uh, strenuous like you know um sorry there's a garbage truck outside my window right now of course
1: <laughs> well thank goodness for garbage trucks yes um but
0: anyway um yes 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 and then and then moving forward with you and your career I know this book has been picked up or options um for a series a screen series and um as someone who has a background in tv journalism um not necessarily writing screenplays are you involved I don't know what you can share are you going to write the script are you Did you sell it in your hands off? What's kind of the path forward with um, the potential Black Cake series?
1: Well, the path forward is a little in between. Mm -hmm. And it is early to say um, anything really about the process. But I will say I'm focusing on my prose writing. Mm -hmm. And there's this amazing head screenwriter who's also one of the producers. As you know, Oprah Winfrey's Mm -hmm. Harpo Productions um, is involved. Also Capital Entertainment and Aaron Mm -hmm. Kaplan but Marissa Joe Sarar is a screenwriter and also what's known as a showrunner, meaning mm. the head screenwriter who gets everyone else together. And she's pr- one of the producers on this. And she um, she worked on The Handmaid's Tale. Mm. Uh, she worked. She's more, most recently worked on her own series, Women of the Movement. And she um, is really going to be the head writer in this. Mm. And what was exciting about this project is that um, these were people who read an advanced copy of the story and loved it and proposed working with it. And they pitched it to Hulu. Mm. And um, I'm just very excited because I have such admiration for the minds and creative hearts of these women that I'm happy to see them take the lead in an area in which they're experienced. Because, you know, I come from TV journalism. I'm not, not a yeah. screenwriter. I'd love to do that in the future, but I have no, no intention of doing too much of it now. Certainly I'm involved in the conversations and the creative aspect.
0: That's so amazing. I always love when, because I've talked to many debut writers who have their books options, or not many, you know, the select few. It's, it's really an honor, to be honest with you, because no one knows who you are necessarily. The book's not even out yet. And someone just happened to grab a copy at the right time. Um, so I'm so excited for you. That's so exciting. Um, Thank you. You mentioned you're working on your pros. I'm not going to ask what you're working on. But what are you interested in exploring? I mean, you, you talked about how all these pieces fell together. Is there, are there topics in your mind that you would like to get to someday, some themes?
1: You know, I'm very much not that kind of person. I really, Mm. I have never thought, oh, I'm going to write a story about such and such. I will say though, you know, we talked a little bit about different influences. I've moved around a lot in my life, Mm -hmm. as I mentioned. I come from a multicultural family where people have had different kinds of upbringing across three generations. No two people have quite lived in the same place, you know, grown up in the same way, and we don't even look alike. A lot of us, so. I've always thought about issues of family and identity and shifting concepts of home. Mm, I'm mm. fascinated by that and how stories that are handed down from one generation to another can influence how we look at our lives and also how powerful a story can be. So I would say I'm, I'm seeing that these are issues which help to fuel the lives in black cake. Mm. And I think that these are moving forward with me right now. I think these are still rolling around in my head like marbles and will help to sort of feed um, some stuff that I'm working on now.
0: Are are you you reading similar things when you have a chance to read? Is, Is that kind of what catches your eye or what have you been reading? I guess.
1: You mean in terms of uh, what uh, what I choose to write?
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, do you read a lot of multi-generational stories about place, uh, home, settings like that?
1: I would say I like a lot of multi-generational stories, Mm -hmm. but I don't actively seek them out. I have very eclectic tastes, Mm -hmm. but uh, for example, it's true that um, one story I have always, always loved, though it's much more... Uh, traditionally structured, I would say, is uh, The Joy Luck Club by mm-hmm. Amy Tan. A very recent story that I've um, just finished that I just love that still use the, uses a multi-generational idea, but then brings in another aspect um, creatively is uh, the love songs of W.E.B. Du Bois. Mm-hmm. The final revival of Opal and Nev is another. Mm-hmm. So I am um, I do enjoy multi-generational tales. I would say that more than anything, I love stories that have multiple voices.
0: Mm, sure, so yeah.
1: I'll give you an example of something that's not multi-generational, but that's like that. Um, if you've read anything by Elizabeth Stroud, You know, I love the Olive stories, Olive Kittredge. So Olive is always showing up in other people's stories practically. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's all, it's all, yes, it takes place over a number of years, but it's all about that family Mm -hmm. and what happens to people in that town. The Burgess Boys, also by Elizabeth Strout, is another example. So you have um, a fairly straightforward story, but it's being told by all these people. Yeah. And then if you get into more complex Um, and even more experimental stories, I loved Lincoln in the Bardo by George Saunders. Mm -hmm. So Lincoln in the Bardo on paper is about Abraham Lincoln's loss of his young son, and he's grieving. It says nothing about the story. So (laughs) the story is just really all of these other people's stories, people who have lived and lost and they're preoccupied and they're confused and so um so i do like multiple voices
0: thank you so much to charmaine wilkerson for joining us to talk about black cake you can find her on the internet at charmspen.com that's c-h-a-r-m-s-p-e-n.com and you can find day beautiful at daybeautiful.net at all social media, at Day beautiful. As always, I'm Adam, this is Day Beautiful, and you're all beautiful.